Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Marcilda, how are you? Hi, I'm glad. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Marcilda Biachar. I traveled from New Hampshire today just to have this podcast with this beautiful girl. <laughs> I absolutely adore you. I absolutely adore you. I remember when I met you for the first time, I'm like, she's such a burst of energy and light. <laughs> and she's Albanian, so you know, like, I already was we like, automatically. We had a lot to talk about. <laughs> we had a lot to talk about. Massive connection. And so I'm so excited to have you here today and to really talk about your journey because you've had quite the journey. Yeah, well, before we get into all of that, what really inspired you on your journey to where you are today? Like, where do I begin? Um, so we we all have, like, things that happen in our life that leads to something, and something leads to something that makes where we are and what we are today. Uh, I actually grew up in Albania. For those that don't know, it's a small country in Europe next to Greece and Croatia, not Alabama, because I know <laughs> some people think I'm from Alabama. No, it's Albania. Uh, but where we're from, we always yeah. saw the, the name of the country was Chipria. That's yep. how we recognize it. And, you know, like, I just had a simple life. My goal in life was just, like, maybe to become a translator. I loved English, so I studied English since I was small. And uh, I had every opportunity I would have to maybe take extra courses. My parents would not send me to ballet or piano lessons, but they'll send me to those English courses just because they thought that was the future. And, oh, boy, they were right. Because, <laughs> you know, knowing a different language, especially English, globally, it gives you so much opportunity. So even though Albania, during the, the times where I grew up, went through so much change and uh, maybe some of the people recognize it from the civil war and all the war that happened in Kosovo, and as a kid, it kind of like affected me in a way, but also not to the point how people think. Because when you're a kid, you don't know what's going on. And my parents right. did such a great job to like not show that i remember when the civil war started uh there was literally gunfires outside and all i care is like we don't have school yay right because like... <laughs> that's what i cared when i was a kid and i remember for almost like entire year in my elementary school we didn't have school because there was literally gunfire outside there was no law or order in the i remember for new year's eve like there was so much gunfires and people didn't know how to shoot guns because people were not allowed to have guns, and from the Civil War, people had access to guns. And I remember for New Year's Eve, my parents made us sleep under the bed because they were afraid, like, a blind bullet would shoot us. And I know, yeah. like, it's not what people want to hear. But for me, like, I was scared. I kind of, like, knew deep down what was going on. But as a kid, I would just see, like, the bright side. I'm like, oh, like, I wish this goes longer <laughs> so I don't have school. <laughs> I know it's terrible, but that taught me how like life can be so unpredictable and right. really like taught me to really appreciate not just like where I am, but your journey, your parents, your family, and just keep going. Because sometimes we don't know where we'll become or where we'll be in 10 years, but by you just like studying something, learning something, and just keep forward being positive, it sends you somewhere else. So to me, it sent me like going to college in Albania. I was going to the capital, Tirana. I was studying for foreign languages. And my goal at that time was 
I don't want to be a translator interpreter. I want to travel the world. Mm-hmm. But never in my life I thought that I'll be where I am today. <laughs> so I, I guess I guess a little bit different. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You mentioned a couple different things which which are amazing. So first off, we both come from Albania, which is amazing. Yeah. So a lot what a lot of people don't know is that Albania was a communist country until yeah. the collapse in 1991, which happens to be when I was born in 91 and i remember like being a young kid and like my grandmother like i would run up to the windows like at nighttime just cuz like we weren't allowed to go outside and i was like well what's going on outside that i can't <laughs> that i can't go outside like what what is going on and i remember i would go to the window and she would pull me back and she yeah. like stop it because those shoot and i was like it was scary times and not just that but even the 97 um even when the genocide kosovo happened my family which i'm so blessed hopefully i don't get emotional with this but we helped so many like kosovo families they were like homeless like they their relatives probably were killed i remember i helped a mom uh and her four kids we had like an extra apartment so we gave it to her for free give her food and shelter because she had no idea where her family was and she didn't know if her husband was alive so these were the stories that we grew up and that's why the albanians are so goddamn strong and nothing like we're not afraid of it. We're not afraid of COVID. We're not afraid of like even when we hear like gun shooting stuff because I'm like, "Well, have you been in Albania in the 90s?" <laughs> <laughs> so, this is what we grew up with and the culture. So, just like through all those drama and history like that we went through, I think it made us stronger right. and to just fight for ourselves and for our rights. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, not only that, but having an opportunity to come to the United States, right? Yeah. Like it's like like you said, Albanians are so damn strong. Like everyone's like, you guys are so it's like stubborn. We're stubborn, stubborn, <laughs> and we're hardworking, and like it's like nothing because we we've been through so much as a people, as a country, and all of that. And now, kind of anything that we see here is almost like oh, this is this nothing. is nothing, you know. And it's like when you when you talk about your family housing these kosovo refugees yeah pretty much and that's almost like what's happening in ukraine right now which is crazy right yeah. it's like history that's why it's so itself. like relatable in a way and makes yeah. me like emotional thinking about it because i remember sometimes coming from school and i would knock the door of my own house and it'll yeah. be a stranger with wet hair because he just took a shower and i'll be like am i in the right house and he'll be like who is this i'm like mom uh. and then my mom oh it was another family that she helped bring home, wash them, give them new clothes, give them yeah. food because they were in these camps for months. They had like fleas and this and that. Like it was Aww. terrible, you know, seeing that. But my mom, like she's originally from Kosovo. Mm. So my grandparents moved to Albania when my mom was small. So I guess like that maybe was something addition to us really feeling these people were basically our friends and relatives. But I think all Albanians, not just us, all Albanians like really like open doors. I had stories of like my family members that had like just a two bedroom apartment and they had already like a big family and they would just like have extra people even to sleep on the floor to share the soup or the fasule, uh, yeah. but just to like open arms and like bring them like, we, we have hospitality is our thing. Like, it is. It's hard and like people don't realize it until they come to our house for visit. They're like, I thought this was like a get together. Why am I having lunch? Or why am I having this feast? <laughs> so this is like, uh, I guess our advantage that we're yeah. really known of. So hopefully we're 
recognized for the goods and not the bads of the history that we have done. But yeah, like I guess like most of the people, they come here in different ways. Mine was a little bit different than the others. <laughs> I think I mentioned it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so tell a soap opera story of mine. So I'm guessing you guys are all familiar with the 3690 Day Fiancé show. Yep. So kind of like my story was like that. Like I was in Albania, I'm just thinking like I'm graduating and this was my future. And next thing I know, I met someone online and I just thought we were friends and we're just like talking and talking. He was American. He had some Albanian friends. I guess like we had that connection, like he already knew a little bit about the culture. And we just like, you know, like we're talking and then one thing led to another. I was talking on Skype 11 o'clock in Albania and like not even my door because I didn't have Wi-Fi. We're not rich. <laughs> but I would go to a, a internet cafe, they call it. And this is like a place that you go and you can use internet, like pay yeah. per hour. And I'll go there at 11 to like 12 or 1 o'clock at night because here was 5 p.m. And that's where the guy was finishing his work. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess like one thing led to another. But I never thought that I would ever fall in love or have a distant relationship and my current husband surprise he actually flew to Albania and I remember his dad he told me later that I can't believe he did that I thought are you out of your mind like have you seen the news about Albania in the 91 or 97 it's like you don't know if you're getting kidnapped you don't know anyone there why are you going there and he's like I really have a good feeling about this this girl and I want to see her in person but at the time he didn't tell me that he was coming to like for me, he said that he made the story like, oh, my company is sending me for potential investment in Albania. And I was basically translating him like I was mm. doing a job. But I was not getting paid really good because <laughs> like we were not really doing a lot of work. We we're more like hanging out. And I kind of like slowly realized I'm like, OK, he came for me. But I just like I was so like, you know, as Albanians, we have um, we're very attached to people. We show so much love. Yeah. But then when it comes to love relationship, we have this barrier because we don't want to get hurt. Uh, things have happened in the past and i guess like i had this intuition i'm like this is the guy of my dreams like it wasn't about like the the guy in the the white horse that you see in the dream of the prince but more about like i can see him being the dad of my kids one day i can see him being my future husband and like building something together but i never thought that would be anything other than just what it was and he actually came again in a few months and proposed me in front of my parents, which I had to translate at the same time. So, <laughs> and, you know, he didn't have a ring because it was so spontaneous that I'm like, you know, you know I didn't marry you for the ring. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that was basically the reason I came here. And people think that maybe I had it easier. Uh, the only thing that I had it easier is that I had somebody, I didn't came alone. I had somebody that already had a full-time job, but we all had to struggle as everybody else. Uh, right. I right away went to school here. I was doing internships and working volunteer part-time because all the people in my school, they were not even allowed to drink yet. They were not even 21. And my peers already had started working. Here I am reliving and starting my life from scratch. So. That was, I guess, like another journey that led me to be now because by me going to school, it wasn't like in marketing business. It's not that I learned so much about marketing that I can apply today in my business, to be honest, because right. I feel books are a little bit outdated, especially with the social media marketing part. Yeah. But it led me to be part of different communities and organizations. So I didn't feel a stranger because everybody, when they come to us, have a culture shock. Yeah unfortunately and because of that you feel stranger and then you stay here you live here for many years and then you go back home to Albania you feel stranger there because you haven't been there you haven't been home 
So we feel like this type of people that we don't have a home, whether here or there. But now I think I'm the the state that I feel this is my home. And when I go to Albania, like, yeah, Albania has a special place in my heart. But I feel like I'm a tourist when I go there. (laughs) (laughs) There's always changes and constructions and buildings and new things develop in Albania that I honestly feel like a tourist in my own country, my home country in a way. That's so awesome. Oh, my. I love that story. That's how you (laughs) met your husband because that's like... 30, 30, 90 day, 30, 60, 90 day. It was scary leaving everything behind. And, you know, I wasn't rich. uh, So it's not that I came here. My husband wasn't rich. So I didn't come here like, oh, my God, I'll have this perfect life. But it was scary because I'm like, what if he maybe has another family and he didn't tell me about it? I mean, I I couldn't see. I didn't know anybody here. Or what if, like, we don't get along? And I remember my parents at the time, they sneaked like $1,000 on me and they're like, in case it doesn't work out, take the next flight. <laughs> and I'm like, I always joke with my husband to this. I'm like, I still have the thousand dollars. He's like, yeah, the oh, tickets are high, honey. Inflation. My God. But yeah, that is hilarious. Well, I mean, it's a deep, you know, leap in faith to trust somebody I like think that. Intuition. Yeah, I had the intuition. Like there was nothing about him that made me not trust him or feel like he was lying to me. And he never lied to me. And so that was the other part too. I love that. And I mean, I love that also, too, because it's very untraditional for an Albanian woman to marry outside of. Oh, yeah. So I want to <laughs> dive into Albanian culture a little bit for those who aren't familiar. Right. Like they've seen us. They know, you know, anyone that I mentioned Albanian, they're like, oh, you're Albanian. Like we're they're known afraid. to be crazy. We're <laughs> known to be way. in a good way. Right. Like because they'll think about automatically like the Albanians in New York or the movie or the movie <laughs> Taken. <laughs> Or like anything like that, and it's like, and and also too, like Albanians now are showing up big time on a world platform. You have Dua Lipa, Rita Ora, B- Rita Ora Bibi Reja, like so Beber Beber Reja, yeah. I should say, like those are three huge Albanian artists that everyone's like, I didn't know that they were Albanian, and I'm like. You know, there's a creativity about our people. So I want to dive yeah. into the culture a little bit. And since you grew up there, too, because for me, I left when I was six months old. Yeah. My parents literally, as soon as I was born, we were here for six months and they fled to Italy. We went to Rome and I lived there till I was five and I would go back and forth a little bit. So I didn't have the privilege of growing up there. Right. So so kind of like talk a little bit about the culture and like how how we are as we are as people. Right. And like our to explain kind of... why we're crazy. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I mean, other than the history and what happened, I feel, you know, like, for people to understand Albanians, they have to understand that we were based in dictatorship for so many years. Like, we couldn't listen to radio or watch TV, or most of us didn't have TV or radio. So our culture was just, like, almost stolen. Like, we would, like, see what Italians are doing. We would, like, try to imitate it. What Greek Mm -hmm. are wearing, we would try to imitate it. Because of it, I feel like a lot of, like, especially our parents' generation, they're still a bit with that dictatorship, communism mentality, because that's right. They were brainwashed in a way. That's what they knew. Right. So it took many years, I feel, because I compare also my parents from how they were back in the day in Albania. They were so old-fashioned, very fanatics. Like, don't, girls are not supposed to go out. Girls are not supposed to go party. Uh, you're not supposed to, like, have a boyfriend. So that's why I couldn't introduce my, at that time, my date. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, no, you don't understand. Like, you have to be serious with me and actually marry me for me to introduce you to my parents i cannot just introduce you like people introduce you like hey mom this is my boyfriend i'm like no 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 you you can but you know it's just like everything worked out so 
I think like some of uh, the things in the Albanian culture is like we're very community based. It's hard for me to explain it because there's a lot of like different like Italians are usually family oriented, but literally like everything that happens, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. because we really care so much we also love to gossip <laughs> so if something happened to one of my cousins not even 30 minutes i'm not even joking not even 30 minutes all the other aunts and cousins know because the Correct. worst press like oh my god did you hear what happened to pamela or did you hear what happened so because we care so much but also we want to know what's going on in your life to the point that sometimes for americans might be a little bit like if they're like oh like i'm independent like nobody tells me what to do there's no <laughs> such thing that nobody tells me what to do my parents right now live with me and i swear to god i feel like i'm still in high school because they don't care that that's my house i'm in my own house right they don't care they're like well you're going to listen to what i have to say and you're go- i'm going to tell you this way you're going to do it that way because yeah. that's how they were brought up so right. a lot of old beings i feel when they come to another country they really feel a bit like like liberated because right. they're like I can be and do whatever I want. Right. So maybe that's why we come up a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because like they really were liberated. They're like, "Oh, like I don't have my family now yeah. to like constrict me of doing something, be somebody." But still they have that family issue. Like a lot of people think like, "Oh, you came to US, you had maybe you got the American dream, maybe you got a great job or you had a successful business like congrats, you achieved it." What people don't realize is that immigrants when they come here, even if they are developing and they have a great life and they have a lot of money they still have people back home that they have to help right and usually in american culture that doesn't happen like if kids are out of yeah. college bye bye nobody really cares, cares what yeah. you're doing but we still care we still try to help our family or friends or if somebody's you know in a certain struggle or health wise we'll help you money wise and that's why they're always so stressed that's why we always had the middle line because they're always angry and stressed because it's not just us yeah. it's the entire community that we're supporting and we're helping and this is something that people sometimes don't realize right. they feel that maybe we're like too direct or we're too in people's business because we care yeah and we want to be and also we love gossip but <laughs> we want to be in the business because we really yeah. care and how can i help you if i don't know what's going on in your life right and i think this is something so special about albanian culture that there's a reason why most of my closest friends are either albanians greek or some type of european or balkan because right. we get it we are so like oriented like we don't have that barrier we right. get into the details and like the nitty gritty things so i know what's going on with my friend whereas like with just a, an american that has been here for generations they're very different so they don't yeah. like we can be best friends but we cannot be really really good friends because they always have that barrier to not get personal mm. to not like be i guess like honest with themselves and just share what actually is going on in their right. life because nobody wants to be vulnerable, right? Right. We love to be vulnerable. Albanians love drama. So if you're having a struggle, well, I'll be there with you. I'll listen. I'll call again because it's not just like, oh, we like to gossip, but like I I need to be there because mm-hmm. it's almost like we live off drama. We've been literally years and years like countries have invaded us <laughs> for yeah. generations and now like it's like we're we're Albanians. We have to stick to one another. Absolutely. So that's why when you know some Albanians Guess what? You'll know all the other Albanians in Massachusetts. And yes. vice versa. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But the biggest thing is like we're very much like a um, what do they call it? There's individualistic culture and then there's more of like a family oriented yeah. type of culture. And it's like that's where we were because if you look at all of our invasions and all the things, Albanians had to stick together yeah. in order to survive. Mm-hmm. Right? 
without your mom opening those doors to those refugees, they wouldn't have survived. Right. True. And and, and it's like and also when I came here to the United States, my parents won the visa lottery. My brother was a newborn. I was five years old and we had an Albanian family that I opened their doors that had a two bedroom house. And there was already four of them there. Yeah. And they opened the doors. So what I like to say is Albanians always open the doors for everybody. And that's such a beautiful thing. Like you said, you know, to be in this kind of family type of the sticking for one. Yeah. Another, right? Yeah. And- I feel like the beautiful thing is there's like a lot of Albanians that feel like that maybe certain ways of our culture, they see the negative side. They're like, well, there's always interest. Like nobody just opens the doors. But, you know, like it's not it's not that we can generalize or stereotype an entire community. Right. The people that didn't open the doors are just people that just don't care. They're selfish. It's right. not that they're Albanians don't care. Yeah. But there's so many people that I know, and I'm talking about like different, you know, New York or Massachusetts that literally they open doors live strangers live in their like home for months until they can you know be on their find feet. a job because people don't realize when somebody comes here it takes a couple months just for you to get papers you cannot even open a bank account you cannot get a driver license so how are you even supposed to find a job without a green card because it takes two months for the papers right so you need a family to support you for like a month or two just so you can at least find a job. And what if the people that don't even know the ang- the language, like that is, is a different struggle. Yeah. Or if you had family, like I'm blessed that when I came here, I didn't have kids, so it was just me and my husband. But I see so many families struggling just because they came here and they don't even have time to develop themselves or really like get experience because right. they're like struggling day by day, like living check by check. And that's where I guess like me and you come in the entrepreneurship that I'm like, you can do it. It just you have to like set your day or your week in a way they're like okay i'm working this to give me income and then this is the time that i have that i'm going to like develop myself i'm learning something new i'm learning a skill i'm volunteering i'm opening a blog whatever it might be but you cannot give up just because you think like oh life sucks right because there's so many like successful entrepreneurs that we know that their life sucked and they started from somewhere and yeah. then you just keep going and just never, never stop meeting people that you think you can learn from them. Yeah. They'll be there when you need them the most. And just like our good friends, like never stop meeting those people and care about those people and relate and yeah. be there for them because then doors start opening. Yeah. But when you're like just like in a way independent and you never have a community, you don't have a support and you think like nobody will help you so you never ask anybody for help. You're not going to have, you're going to have a lot of closed doors. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, never stop asking questions, asking for help. Because yeah. you'll be surprised who can help you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And not only that, but there's immigrants here. And you wonder, like, what's the difference between those who hit the American dream and those who don't? Right? Because I feel like that happens a lot, too. Like, the entrepreneurs are the ones that always succeed. It's behind the mindset it's behind all the things the helpers the people who are giving and like that's like a whole nother well they realm. see success yeah and they think like oh she must be lucky maybe her husband like i remember yeah. i would hear rumors about myself to like oh her husband was rich i'm like my husband wasn't rich both me and my husband were going to school mm-hmm. working and i was even volunteering he was volunteering so we could get as much experience before awesome. we even had kids i remember like working in the morning to a restaurant doing salads cleaning like being a waitress, even cleaning bathrooms at the end of the day. 
and then going to school and then doing an internship on top of that and being a volunteer on different organizations. So when I finished the college, I already had three or four years experience. And students nowadays, they come to me and they're like, well, every job I find online says two or three years experience. I'm like, yeah, what did you do for four years in college? Books and studying books is not special anymore. Anybody can go to college. Anybody, like if they have money or if they have right. a scholarship, they can finish college degree. That's not the hard part. The hard part is actually doing the job, getting experience. How do you get experience? You don't find anywhere to get experience? Make your own experience. I started a right. blog when I was in college. While doing an internship, it started unpaid. Then I found another internship that was paid. And I even like transferred credit. Like I couldn't make like that internship into a class that I didn't have to pay. And worked in a restaurant and ate free pizza. So I saved them food for Fridays and Saturdays, right? <laughs> so these are the things and steps you can take, anybody can take to just gain experience. So when you right. finish a college, what will separate you from so many other candidates is how you present yourself and show them what you did and learned mm -hmm. those four years. Nobody to this day has ever asked me, what was your, what was your GPA? Nobody. Right. And I never have had an interview that somebody said like, oh, you're not the right fit. When they said you're not the right fit, it's because I was overqualified. Because I showed them so much I did in such a short period of time. Yeah. And also things I was planning to do and I was currently doing. And that's what people need to hear. All these companies, these big corporations that you think like, oh, there's no way I can work for Google one day. I'm like, show Google what you're worth. Yeah. Don't show your college degree. Everybody right. applies to Google. Google probably has a college degree. But show them why are you different. Because right. you can basically you're able to get the extra step and the extra effort to make a difference and be different and be creative. That's, I think, what separates you from anybody. And the same thing for entrepreneurship yeah. is if you're just doing like every whatever everybody's doing, you're not really succeeding. You're not going anywhere. Be bold. Be different. Like, look at like what is going on and be like, I'll do the opposite. Mm -hmm. And then you just go with that flow. <laughs> oh my God, you're such a rock star. I'm like, now it's like, because so after college, you went kind of the corporate route and then yes. you transitioned into entrepreneurship. So walk me through that experience. Well, all our parents, like uh, like I said, like college was like almost like if somebody graduated, like Albania is like, oh wow, because not everybody could go to college in Albania. And especially like, the same thing with the U.S. Like, it's so expensive, like, here. College seems like, I'm like, now that I see sometimes what the tuition costs, I'm like, I wish I took the money and invested in myself and opened a business 10 years ago. I would have been probably a multimillionaire by now. Mm -hmm. But because I did what my parents taught me, what my society taught me, like, oh, like, you have to go to college, go to corporate, yeah. and just, you know, work, like, 8 to 5 and work extra hours without getting paid and never see your kids grow. And that's what I thought. And... Trust me, I love my job. I mean, there's no job that is happy, happy because you're overwhelmed, you're stressed. I mean, it's a job at the end of the day. Is right. You're not even growing yourself as much as you're growing somebody else's business. But I always had that entrepreneurship mindset because my mom actually had a shop growing up. And that was actually one of the reasons that I didn't want to start a business because I see how stressful she was all the time and she bring business home and just talk about business all day and i'm like oh my god i never want to be an entrepreneur in my life but as i was going through the corporate and i was learning so much and i was building it's almost like you're restrained like you cannot really fully develop your skills and like what you're capable of because you still have to do your job at right. the end of the day, you don't have that time to, oh, let me study something else. Yes, the corporate will invest in you to maybe do a certain certificate, but it still needs to be based on the job. And I remember, like, I love marketing. I love social media. And I had experience, like, building startups from scratch with social media marketing. But I couldn't, like, apply it as much to my job as much as I try. And 
honestly, they were not even paying good enough marketers. Like I feel social media marketing or marketing just still to nowadays, unfortunately, is seen as a side budget because people don't see like the ROI that, hey, if you invest the right way, right, you can have so much more money. You can grow so, so much faster than actually hiring full-time people to be your sales or account manager because yeah. that's where the world has evolved. Like telemarketers or, you know, call pitching is not working as much as it used to be like 10 or 20 years ago because everybody's doing it. So what is not everybody doing is invest in the social media marketing because they think it's like a waste of time just because they don't realize value. And that's where I kind of like, I'm like, you know what? I don't see my kids grow. I'm like, basically my promotion or my raise, my skills are dependent on what somebody tells me that if they have the budget or no, Mm. or I have to wait. And sometimes not every company has a good career path. Like you grow and there's like nothing above that because that's how the department is constructed. So... It just happened a month before the pandemic and I was in maternity leave with my second daughter. And unfortunately, they could not accommodate for me to be having more flexibility, you know, ironically, because it happened before the pandemic. So I'm like, you know what? I couldn't do it. Like my, my daughter was uh, sick at the time. I was not mentally capable to go to work because I knew what I was going to miss her as well because mm. I missed my first daughter's most of her upbringing, I feel like, in the daycare raiser or my mom raised her. So I quit. Like, simple as that, I quit. I never thought I quit because, like, I literally was ironing my clothes for the week and I give my, my work notice. And they, they did what they could. You know, everybody, every company has their own laws. Like, yeah. no grudges there. I really love my job, the people I work with. But it was just not anymore what was making me happy. And right. I quit. And at first, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do, be, like, a few months, like, as a stay-home mom and then I'll start my business. And it was faster than that because I'm like, I'm like you, I'm like, run, run, run. Like I need to be doing and developing stuff and creating stuff. So, you know, that didn't last long after the pandemic. Like maybe that was even my push to change diapers, make desserts or cooking. I need to be building stuff. So that's where I started my business. At first it was just consulting because I found like a niche. I found that most of these companies, startups, they didn't have the budget to hire an entire marketing department or they had the budget to hire, let's say, social media marketers, video editors, but they didn't have like a special, like a director of marketing or, or marketing manager to help them build this team, train them the right way and just like move forward. So I found the niche from talking to entrepreneurs, just networking, and I'm yeah. like, I'm going to do exactly that. So that's what I did. Like people would hire me for hours of project based to basically build their team from scratch. And then slowly I realized that they just didn't even have a team. So then I'm like, I'll start my team. So I started my marketing agency and I'm like, okay, you can hire either me and then whatever team you don't have, I have my team that I trust who I manage and basically they don't deal with anything. I do the project management, the strategy, everything. All the entrepreneur does is like whatever things I ask them to send me, they pay in the end and then everything works out. Like, I think that's where the niche that I found and that's everybody has to think about what is not working in their industry and go do that. That's how you become different. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love it. So you just like straight up quit corporate <laughs> and you were like, I'm going to start up this agency. I mean, that takes a lot. And you're a new mom. And you, yeah. Like, too, that, that's a lot. Yeah. It was a lot, but I felt like, you know, if I don't do it now, like my husband said something to me, he's like, you have been talking about opening your business forever. He's like, now you don't have a job because you quit. (laughs) And there's a goddamn pandemic. We cannot do much. You cannot probably even find a job if you want to another one. He's like, if you don't start it now, you'll never find it. Like you'll never start your business. And I think that was my Mm -hmm. last push. And I'm like, he's right. Like, what do I have to lose? I have nothing to lose now. So I just started. And in the beginning, like, I was, again, I was just starting the beginning. So you get so many clients at once. 
But in the beginning, it was just me, and I was just doing the project management. But as uh, as I was growing my clients, their services and needs started to grow, and that's where I started my agency. And you know, it's not rainbow, you guys. It's hard. It's harder than working from for your corporate job because I remember at five o'clock, I'll close my laptop and be like, "Bye bye," <laughs> and go home. I didn't care if there was a fire. I mean, I'll feel bad, but I didn't care because <laughs> it was not my business. Right. But when is your business? You're like. 10 o'clock, you're trying to sleep, and I'm like, oh, I should have sent that email, or oh, maybe I do it now, or oh, I should have done this, or like you're constantly thinking about your business because it's your baby. You're yes. like building that thing from scratch. So it's stressful, and then you just learn a little bit as you go. Uh, the first year was very overwhelming. I made more money in corporate, but I felt a little bit like I was going this like depression mode because I was never leaving the house. I'm like, why did I leave my corporate job again? Because I'm still working all the day, I still am not able to see my daughters and spend time with them. So then I kind of like dive deep in my own business structure. And I'm like, well, there's things that I don't need to be there. So why am I not hiring people to do it? Yeah. Or maybe like this service that I'm offering is taking so much of my time. It's not worth it at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I started counting down a little bit. I started focusing more of what I wanted to do, which is content creation, coaching. I mentor entrepreneurs. First of all, like just like to understand social media marketing. So then they can either hire my team or hire somebody else, but now they know what needs to be done. Because most of this like startups or CEOs, they start a company, they hire a social media manager and they expect them to know it. But I'm like, she just does a posting and maybe cute post. She doesn't understand content strategy that will lead to sales. Mm. That's where I come in. I train you how to do it. I give you all the tools. I train you as you have to do yourself in a way. And then you know who to hire, what to do and how to manage that process. And then most of the time, usually those entrepreneurs, once they get to the stage, are like, well, okay, now I need your team. Right. Because I don't want to hire anybody or train. I don't have the time. So that's where I come in. And so far, it's worked good. It always has ups and downs as the other business. But, you know, just keep struggling, keep going, keep hustling, keep moving and changing. And things just work out. That's awesome. I I love that. I love that. The entrepreneurial journey is never easy by any means. And like... I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this and a lot of people listening to this that are like, what What are some of the best tips, like social media tips that you would offer anybody based on your expertise? What makes these things go viral? Like what actually converts into sales? Like what's actually good content? What's not? Like there's a million questions. I know especially <laughs> business owners are like, I don't even know what to do. And then like they get so overwhelmed because they're like, this yeah. is too much. Like. You know, so what would be some tips that you would have to offer? So I'll probably start with the basics, right? So like first you have to understand how you even grow a business on social media. And people think that it's being on one platform or the other. But the good thing nowadays is like the short video format. And if you're not using short video format like Reels or TikTok format, then you're probably not going to get those views. You're not going to get followers, which leads to leads and so more. So there's like a strategy that I tell everybody. I'm like, start with TikTok. Because when you grow TikTok, you can grow Instagram at the same time because you can link it. You can grow your YouTube channel at the same time because you can link it. And then Instagram can be connected to Facebook. So whenever you post on Instagram, automatically post on Facebook. So here you are with one video growing in so many different channels and cross promotion your audience. Mm. The other thing is like, where do you even start? So you have to keep in mind that Facebook or Instagram, like, is not what it used to be. Like, 
people don't want to be sold people don't get on facebook or instagram to be like oh i want to buy a pair of new glasses or i want to buy a perfume they go in to socialize and be entertained and educated learn something laugh so keep that in mind when you're making content for social media like i always tell people like if let's say you're posting three times a week which i think is probably like the average uh i always recommend at least three times a week to post because the platform needs to know that you're active first of all I tell people make sure you are <laughs> making your content in a way that okay so I'm educating let's say on Monday I'm giving educational tips on Tuesday maybe I'm posting something behind the scene like about the culture my personality my story why I'm here why I did what I'm doing uh, if you have a product like how like what is the journey of your product why did you create it this way so so people get to know a little bit more when is it just something motivational inspirational tell people motivate people um, maybe Thursday let's say if you're posting every day you're doing something that is not even niched let's say if your target audience is women entrepreneurs then say something that is so relevant to women entrepreneurs that probably everybody that watches a video that is a woman entrepreneur they'll be like yes that's me and they'll share with their friend and their other friend and so on and so on and that also makes what makes the video viral people think that going viral nowadays is so hard but it's so damn easy <laughs> if you understand these things and before i go to how you go viral then you basically educate your content right you show them your culture your personality yeah. you were on story by nurturing them a day in life and you, you show them who pamela is or who marcelda is you motivate them you inspire them you educated them then when you're promoting your product they're ready because they have already learned the benefits they've learned about you mm -hmm. you're not a stranger you're action camera speaking so yep. when you're selling something and giving a call to action like either dm me or link in bio schedule a call or wherever that might be they're more willing to buy and maybe they didn't buy the first week but by you continue doing this this different content pillars you'll yeah. lead you to more sales and and leads but you have to have always doesn't matter what video you're posting. This also goes for the viral videos. Every video needs right. to have a hook, a story call to action. So what does it mean? When you're scrolling TikTok, Facebook, Reels, or whatever that might be, the first two to three seconds are the crucial part of somebody deciding whether to watch it mm. or skip. Like it's almost like, I guess like Tinder is like left or right now. I've never been on Tinder, but I'm just saying you like have it's- two seconds. Right, you have two, two seconds. seconds. So. You have to think like, what am I going to say in those two, three seconds? People already know what this video is about and why they need to watch it. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't know what the video is about in the two, three seconds, you're like, hey guys, we're today at the show. Like basically like what we did today, because it's a different format, you lost them. They don't know what is in it for them. If they're going to laugh or be educated, you lost them. So go in the hook. Three tips how to do this or two things you're doing wrong. So have something that captures captivates them then share your story then say like oh like i'm saying this because i'm an expert on this so i'm saying this because my product is this and then have a call to action call to action means like follow for more social media tips and then always like if you're not doing the question to your audience in the video do it the first line of the caption which is always a question and not just like do you guys agree or what do you think but I always like try to find questions that people will have an opinion mm. if it's red or if it's black or white. So let's say I might be like, no. oh, like, uh, you know, like, what do you think? Like, is it good to work to be a stay at home mom or to work full time? There's no right answer in that. So everybody's going to have their opinion. 
and the people that will disagree in the comments, guess what they'll do? They'll fight with the other people <laughs> or they'll like reply to those comments. <laughs> but what happens whenever somebody comments or there, even if it's a sentence or a few words, your video is replaying on the background. So the more people are commenting on that video or the more relatable that video is to share with other people, the more people watch and that what that's what makes a video go viral. And people feel like it's this like huge, complicated. Honestly, like I can make a video go viral every day if I want to, but you don't usually make a video go viral if it's educational, but if it's relatable. So if I keep making videos go viral every day, then I might lose that audience that is, doesn't know that, oh, I do also social media marketing. I'm a business owner. <laughs> right. I'm not just like right. talking about random things. But always start with something very broad and then have your funnels and filters in place with the right education that people now are being nurtured, mm -hmm. are being educated. And then when you tell them like what you do and why they need to have your service or have your product, they're ready to buy. And that's how you basically grow your business social media. I love that. I love that. I absolutely love that. Those were amazing tips, my friend. Thank you so much. Well, because like it, it seems like this foreign concept. I mean, there's a lot of work behind the scenes. Of I course. mean, John, there's it's a not ton as easy. <laughs> but but like the concept is really key, right? You're not just throwing ads out there. You're not just inundating people with this like commercial. Like that's not what it is. And I think that that's the biggest thing that people have a hard time with, right? Like you have to remember, you have to add value, like you said. You have to add value to your audience. You have to entertain or educate them. And then they'll build that relationship with you digitally to trust them, right? So that's amazing. And it's The biggest key. thing is also, like, let's say, if you have a product-based, people think, like, okay, I'll just make videos with videos and pictures of my product, and that's it. I'm right. like, you have right. to keep in mind how we work as human beings. If we don't feel something is something that we can touch or see in a way in our mind, then it's not relatable to us. So even you showing me that this cream of yours does magic because it has all this like vitamin and hyaluronic acid or I don't know, whatever creams you usually have nowadays. But that is not going to make me buy. But if you start your video by putting that cream in your face and be like, all this time, like you have like a stronghold, like, oh my God, I cannot believe that I didn't know this tip before to make me have less wrinkles or less sun damage or whatever that might be. And you go in the story while applying the cream. Even if you don't mention the cream, I bet you a lot of people be like, what cream is that? Mm -hmm. What is the cream? And that's where you get like leads or even just mention them. Oh, yeah. you need to know like where to get this link in bio. And that's how like a lot of people ask me like, how does, how do influencers make money? That's how they make money on top of brand collapse, on top of monetizing their content. Because guess what happens? Story when you, time. YouTube, you can monetize it. TikTok, you can monetize it. So on top of everything else, but that's that monetization is nothing compared to the strategy that you have to get leads and to get sales through your links in bio. So yeah. make it easy for people to find you, to, to know what they're looking for. Even in your website, I see people like, instead of categorizing things by Let's say I was going to this jewelry uh, website one day. I was trying to buy like a necklace for myself. And um, it was a beautiful brand. Like I loved the brand. Uh, and actually it was Albanian owned too. I loved it. But I'm like, I wish she categorized it by necklace, bracelets, earrings. No, she categorized it by, I guess, the style or the fashion. I'm like, you have to think that your audience is six years old. Always think that. Like think your audience is six years old. And how do you explain something to them? Whatever it might be if there were six. And if you do this, if you have this in your mind, whatever you're selling or you're pitching, it'll make more sense to your audience because different audiences think differently. And just right. because you think it makes sense, like not everybody knows what that is. 
So just be simple in your language, be simple in your terms, be human by being there, show yourself, show your team, show your team's culture. You'll be surprised of how many leads and sales you'll get by just doing that. I love that, Marcita. I love that. Those tips are absolutely key. You just dropped gems here today. You dropped absolute gems here. And now I want to ask you, this is my favorite question. This is more, I guess it could be life or business, whichever one you choose to, to answer. But what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now in your life journey? Keep looking for answers. So we always feel like we don't have the right knowledge. I don't know how to open a business. I don't know how to grow on social media. I don't know how to lose weight. But honestly, all the answers are right there. If you just keep searching, looking, searching, implementing, and just go with the flow. Always, always ask. I remember even when I was going with my second degree in college here in the U.S., University of Connecticut, I would always sit in front and I'll always ask questions. And like the professor one day, one of like the older professors, she was about to retire. She's like, girl, I've never had any student in my life ask questions. But you're like, first of all, you get that 10% credit like right out of the spot because it's 10% of your grade. But she's like, you'll learn so much by just asking the right questions. Right. Because if you don't ask questions, if you don't ask for help, if you don't ask somebody to be interviewed, or if you don't ask somebody to be on a TV show, you're never going to be invited in the first place. Right. So people think success just happens. It doesn't happen. You make it happen. You find a way. Always, always look for how do I find an answer to this mm-hmm. and go for it. I love that, Masita. I love that. Oh, my gosh. So many incredible things. I loved hearing your journey, your, your social media tips, your leaving corporate America to basically start your own business while being a new mom. Like, just incredible stuff. How you met your husband, 306 United, I mean, all of the things. By the way, I don't, I don't advise for everybody to do that because that was risky. <laughs> <laughs> it can be serial killers out there, just yes. letting you know. But it can also happen by just, like, all your intuition, I guess. Yes, I love it all. Your journey is incredible. And like, I'm, I'm just interested to know too, and I'm sure everyone who's listening, like what's up in your world in the next like six months? Like what's coming? What's new? So I just launched a course actually in Albanian. Like yeah. I had so many Albanian followers and I thought it was such a need in our community to like learn more about, you know, how to grow a business, but not just how to expand to US market. Yeah. So my next is basically launching a course in English now because yes. <laughs> it makes sense to live in US. Uh, but at least I have the experience with the first course. Uh, we had a great lunch and I didn't spend a single dime in ads. It was all organic, all through wow. social media. All I did was one webinar and maybe a few videos on TikToks and Reels, and I let so many like uh, clients, and from that led opportunities and so on and so on. So I think it's just like you know sometimes when you put it off for too long, and I was like overthinking it because we as Albanians we feel like we tend to be perfect. We need to, everything to be perfect. We overanalyze things. Yes, it's our disadvantage, I guess, but also our advantage at the same time. I think like when you have like something big like that. Is just sometimes just do it and give yourself like a short timeline that you think you can do it and just go with the flow. And that's what I did. And it went great. I'm like, okay, now I have the experience to actually go mass and like do something even bigger. Mm-hmm. So that's what I have coming up. That's amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to, to see what you do even beyond that. Oh my goodness. But you've got to let everyone know now where to find you and your awesomeness because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to want to reach you after this interview. <laughs> So uh, if you Google my name, Marcelda, M-A-R-S-I-L-D-A, and my 
complicated Polish last name from my husband. Thanks, babe. <laughs> B-I-A-L-C-Z-A-K. You can find me anywhere or just go to my website, expand to market with the number two instead. And that's it, expandtomarket.com. Uh, feel free to book a call with me. Like I give free calls just to see how I can help. And hopefully we can work together in the future. I love that, Marcela. Thank you so much for being here Thank today. Thank you for having hey, me. I had oh such a God. great time. So amazing. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is over time, working like some underdogs. Underdogs. Underdogs.